Well, open your Bibles with me to the book of Philippians, chapter 2. Now, this is a book that many refer to as the epistle of joy because we know that the word joy and rejoicing is used 16 times in this short little letter that's written by Paul. And we have seen in chapter 1 that it's an attitude and a mindset that really like embodies Paul, doesn't it? I mean, I feel like it just infuses out of his life in such a beautiful way, despite the fact that he's writing from a prison cell. And even though he has experienced so many crazy obstacles to joy, But when we read this letter, we see that Paul, he weaves this theme throughout his words. And so abounding joy is the focus of our winter study. And so I want to stay in that mindset. And hopefully, I've been just praying for you throughout these, is it eight weeks that we're doing, eight weeks study, that um, you're just really, the Lord's just really speaking to you in this area of joy. And you're discovering three things, the objects of real joy, the reason for joy, and the challenges to joy, because there are some challenges. Can I get an amen? <laughs> so, so with that, I just, Lord, we just give you this time in the word. Open up our eyes and our ears. We thank you for the power of your living word that's transformative, that speaks to us, it instructs us, it corrects us, it encourages us. And so, Holy Spirit, have your way and your will be done today in the pages of your scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. So joy in the Christian life really is about perspective. It's who and what our focus is on. It's setting our mind on Christ. And Paul is such a great example of this for us. I mean, there's no doubt the object of his affection and the reason for his very living is first and foremost Jesus Christ. And, you know, Debbie shared with us um, over the last two weeks just this powerful and crazy testimony that Paul had um, when he was Saul before his conversion and how really Jesus came crashing into his life and transformed him. I mean, he became an, an entirely new person with a new calling and a new purpose. And he was so grateful for his salvation, for this living and loving relationship that he now had with the Savior. That Really, I mean, Jesus had captured his heart, and his life was all about Christ be magnified in me. As we know the scripture from last week, it was for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. And wow, wasn't that challenging? I know, um, you know, it was challenging for me to have to really meditate on that and think that over. And, and we, we do, we have to ask ourselves, do we have this single mindset where our focus is first and foremost, Jesus living our lives to magnify him above all the other things. So, so important because really the truth is, ladies, when we do, doesn't it fill us up with this 
supernatural joy. It's a joy of our salvation. And when we have the right mindset, it literally does permeate into every area of our lives. We, we see it in our attitudes, in our actions, in our, our mindset. And the world sees it around us, and we see it in one another. Now, of course, that does not mean that we're just always like happy, happy, joyful. No, we have some hard times and some sad times. And there's a lot of hardship that goes on. But you see it in one another, don't you? I see it in you. I see that just underlying, permeating joy in Jesus Christ and joy in your salvation. It's a beautiful thing. And Paul, again, was such a great example of that. And then we saw in chapter 1, I want you to turn back there, verse 27 and 28. He gives an exhortation. And he says, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And now we have to remember this church in Philippi, it was the first church in Europe. And at the time they received this letter from Paul, they're probably only maybe around 10 years old. I was really thinking about that. Calvary Vista, you know how old we are? (laughs) When Calvary Vista was birthed, it's been 42 years. 42 years. That wasn't robbing me. It was birthed far before we ever got here. (laughs) But these these Philippians that, that he's writing, they're, they're first-generation believers, and they're trying to navigate this whole new way of life, this whole new way of living and thinking, and they're in a hostile world that opposes this new faith, this Christianity, and they've got this enemy, Satan, who we know is out to kill and steal and destroy. He wants to ruin the church. He, wants, he doesn't want the gospel to be furthered in any way, and so he, he knows The best way to destroy things is from within. It's from the relational part of the the church and the body of Christ. He knows that. And he knows when that happens, it's going to rob us of our very joy. And so Paul gives us a strong, strong exhortation there. Live in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. It wasn't easy for them back then, and it's not easy for us now. But ladies, the key and listen up, is not only that we have a single mind, right, focused on Jesus, where we're thinking about him, but secondly, we have to have a submissive mind. It's the mind of Christ where we're thinking like him. So we're not only thinking about him, we're thinking like him. And this is where we're going to pick up in chapter 2. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others Better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation 
taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, on earth and under earth, and those in heaven and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. But you know, I'm sure you had the same battle I did this week as you were reading through this exhortation from Paul of how we should be doing relational life together. (laughs) And I think most of us on a given day might grade ourselves at a C, (laughs) maybe C average, you know. And then there's those days and there's those moments where we have failed, right? (laughs) In those moments of conversation and situations and circumstances where we have not at all lived this way with the mind of Christ. It's hard to maintain right relationships, isn't it? It's hard to maintain unity, whether it's in this church family or in our own personal families, with our spouse, with our children, how difficult that can be at times, and definitely a challenge for us as a whole, as the church united as one, because we have such an inflated view of ourselves, and we are so prideful at the very core. We are selfish by nature, and we know it. In our flesh, we thrive on the message of the world that says it's me first and it's my rights and my feelings and how I believe and and you get to say what you want to say and think what you want to think and believe the way you want to believe and do what you want to do, whatever makes you feel good. And boy, when we take on that mentality of the world that's so destructive and satanic, look at the destruction that's going on around us because of this behavior. Look what's happening right now in the church. It is so sad and devastating. Christians are tearing one another down, tearing down other ministries and churches. We're so easy just to write people off and write ministries off. There's a lack of respect toward one another. There's such a lack of love. There's no commitment there's no care. And now we have this cancel culture, which is so, so sad, where if you don't like what someone says or what stance they take or what they believe about something, and I'm not even talking about doctrinal, core, foundational things that unify us. You just don't like that person or what they have to say. You just cancel them. You just unfriend them. You walk away from them. Write them off. Write them out of your life. In social media, now where everyone, think about it, we're in a time in, in, in the world that every single person in the world has a platform. Everybody has a platform to speak, to be heard, to say what they want to say. And for many people, it's multiple platforms. And it's all about 
what you want to say and who you want the world to know you to be and what you think about everybody else. And so over the last decade or so, it really has, it's not that the issues weren't there before social media. <laughs> it's just now it's just magnified, right? I mean, we, 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 can, we get a picture in each other's minds and hearts very easily. Just scroll through Instagram. It's a hindrance to the furtherance of the gospel. But Paul says, no, 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 no. That there's a better way. There's a good way. We're not to have the mentality of the world, but the mind of Christ. And no, it's not easy. There's a cost to it, of course. We have to lay down our life. That's, that's being a follower of Jesus Christ, that we lay down, we pick up our cross, right? And we follow Jesus. It's sacrificial, but it's far better. It's the way of Christ. I want, to paraphrase, I want to paraphrase what Paul's saying here in this exhortation. He says, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, do me a favor, <laughs> agree with each other, love each other, be deep-spirited friends. I love that. Deep-spirited friends, soul sisters and brothers. Don't push, away, don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside. Help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. Jesus Jesus, our perfect example, the one who willingly humbled himself. He gave up his rights. He gave up his position. He became one of us, taking on the form of humanity. It's mind-boggling, really. And not only that, that he would go to the lowest of the lows and become the servant of all. And then he suffered the death of the cross where he took upon himself the sin of the world. He had to experience separation from the Father. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim privileges. He lived a selfless, obedient life, and then he died a selfless, obedient life. In Hebrews 12, 2, tells us why he did this. It says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Isn't that beautiful? The joy set before him. Well, what, is, what was the joy? Well, first, it's the joy of our salvation, girls. Saving you and me and saving anyone who would believe and receive in him. That brought him so much joy. He was looking at that, knowing that the cross and the resurrection meant salvation for us. It's not only the joy of salvation, it's the joy of restoring us into a right relationship with God the Father, right? And now we know, Scripture tells us, in God's presence is what? Fullness of joy. Do you see that thread running through that? He found joy in that. And then, of course, there's the joy of giving us eternal life. 
knowing what was ahead for you and me, where everything's going to be made right and restored and brought new, that we're going to be fully transformed, that we're going to look into the face of Jesus Christ, and we're going to be like him by the, the working of his spirit in us is just crazy. I can't wait. Are you looking forward to that? I cannot wait for the day to see him face to face. And Paul says here, he's saying to the the Philippian church, fulfill my joy by living in a manner worthy of Christ. Because he had this deep relationship with the Philippian believers. He'd been among them. He knew a lot of them personally. And they respected him. They loved him. He was a spiritual father to them. And so, of course, they would be motivated to want to bring joy to Paul's heart, to listen and to behave this way. But for us... For us, it's so much more than that. Our motivation and desire should be to live in such a way that brings joy and honor to the heart of our Heavenly Father, right? That should be our motivation. We want to please Him. And so that's why Paul, he gave that framework in his exhortation on how we should live because it should be a response to the love of God. It should be a response to the encouragement and impact that Jesus has on our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's a motivation because really the joy that lies before us, that should motivate our hearts to live this way. But notice, 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 it says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. It goes on in four, four let each of you look out. Verse 5, let this mind be, he, it's let over and over. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition. There's a choice that we make. We have to be willing to surrender our mind to Christ and to the way that he thinks. We have to be willing to humble ourselves. We have to pick up that cross and follow Jesus. And when we choose to let this mind be in us, because, again, it's possible. We can behave this way. He's saying, let it be done, right? Let this mind be in you. So it's a choice we have because, again, it's that beautiful relation with the Lord that is so amazing, and we've all experienced it, where we can't do it. We cannot do any of this in and of ourselves. It's impossible. But when we let God in and we let his Holy Spirit have those places in our heart and our mind, and we are willing and surrendered to his way instead of ours, then he meets us in that very moment with all the grace and everything we need to live godly and to live right. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, and we feel it, and we know it. We've been transformed by it. We're not, none of you here are who you were when you first got saved, right? Right? And for us who've walked with the Lord, Longer, hopefully, we're seeing even even more areas of victory. But but the spirit of God inside of us changes us. That's the whole point, right? <laughs> to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And so we have to remind ourselves all the time when we're in those moments, in those circumstances where everything in our normal default in our flesh wants to respond the wrong way. That in that moment, we stop and we choose to let the mind of Christ be ours. 
that we'll surrender. And in that moment, he meets us. He gives us what we need. He softens our hearts. He gives us love and compassion and forgiveness and grace. And he humbles us. It's a supernatural work. I remember in one of my very lowest lows years ago, when it had to do with a relational situation, there really was even more than one person. But I remember it was, I was so fixed on the circumstance and so fixed on the person and the people. And you know how you play over and over. We just let our minds go, right? It's the toxic thoughts. It's the light. We, re- we play the reel over and over of all the offense or, the, or this or that. Or maybe it's our own or what we could have done and should have done. And, how, and it's just, I was just lost in it all. And the more I tried to fix things, I just felt like I just made it worse. And I literally was at one of my lowest lows and just was just heartbroken at the... F- fraction and the division and and just not being able to be where I wanted to be in this friendship in this relationship and I remember the Lord taking me to this chapter and it being such a life-altering moment for me because I didn't just read it but I just sat in it do you ever just sit in the word of God where you just want to you want to you want to be there. I want, you, you want to envision Jesus and what he went through and just getting my brain off everything else and just focusing on Jesus and all he did and how low he went in his life and took that path of humility. And I just remember crying out to the Lord, and it was just in that moment, it was just some one of those Times in my life I will always remember because it was supernatural. And it was just a shift in my heart and mind. But you know what it really was? It was, it was dealing with the fact I was so prideful and just having to confess it and release it. And Lord, what does humility look like? Okay, here it is. <laughs> you know, and just am I willing to go lower and lower and lower and give up my rights and my ways and my feelings and it changed me did it change my circumstance immediately no actually it got worse <laughs> it got worse before it got better it took years before it was fully restored but i was changed immediately and it's been like the, the template for my life that I just go keep going back to. And I hope you do the same. It's the template for living. That when, when you're in those difficult times, when you're battling your flesh, that you're just running back to Philippians 2. Live it. Memorize it. Post it all over your house. Do whatever it takes to take on and let that mind of Christ be in you. And we have to ask ourselves today, are we willing to do it? What are we willing to do to maintain love and unity? How long will it take you for, to say, I'm done, I'm out of here, that relationship, that group of people, that marriage, that church, 
No, Jesus says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this to lay down one's life for his friends. It's going to take obedience, sacrifice, and humility. But when we walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And what is the reward, girls? Fruitful living. It's just fruitful living, which is so awesome. And the fruit of the spirit, love, Joy, right? peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And you know what another reward is? Jesus says, I've spoken these things to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So ladies, let's be women that let the Spirit have control. Let's be women with a single mind that first and foremost, it's all about Jesus and then a surrendered mind that's humble, that's, that's, that's the mind of Christ. Amen? So that we can stand in one spirit. So that we can be of one mind. So that we can run together in honor and glory of Jesus Christ as a church family, over your own personal families, and as the body of Christ as a whole, ladies, let's be about furthering the gospel message, the good news. Let's be different than the world. Amen. Stand with me. I'm going to pray over you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for what you've done for us. It is glorious. Lord, we thank you for our salvation. We thank you for our right relationship with you and our Abba Father. We thank you for life. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, our lives are, are filled with your joy because our joy is in you. And Lord, we have so much to be thankful and grateful for. But Lord, I pray that where we need conviction, Lord, where we need to repent and maybe some relational issues that are out of sorts because we have not been taking on and letting the mind of Christ reign and rule in us. Lord, we repent. Lord, show us. Lord, forgive us. And then help us to do it right to do it the way that you're leading us, Lord, whatever that looks like for each of these women and whatever hard circumstance they are in. So, Lord, where there's conviction, Lord, we pray that that would draw us closer to you and that you would do an awesome work in our lives. And, Lord, we want to keep our eyes focused on you. Lord, we want to finish our race with joy. Lord, we want to celebrate who you are and who we are because of you. And so, Lord, may there be joy over these women. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit would baptize them afresh, fill them up with a fullness and an abundance and a boldness and a courage to live for you. And, Lord, where there's sorrow, would you bring joy? Where there's sadness, Lord, laughter. Lord, praise you. We thank you. May there be joy in the house of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.